Every morning you wake up, you can feel it. Fall is in the air, which makes you think, hey, let me look around the yard. Let me trim up the trees. Let me make sure uh, everything's looking as it should before winter descends. And I have the perfect company to help you out. Steel, Steel Products, S-T-I-H-L. They have the best power tools on the market. Blowers, chainsaws, power washers, trimmers. You need to go to one of 10,000 steel dealers around the country. They're right around the corner if there's 10,000 of them. It's S-T-I-H-L. SteelDealers.com. You'll find out where the nearest one is. You can look online at all of their different options. They have great stuff. I ha- I know because I have a garage full of them. They have battery powered, which is my preference. They have electric powered. And of course, they have gas powered as well. You're going to find the product that's going to help you out. You're going to help your neighbors out. Uh, heck, I've told you, I use stuff uh, when I go camping uh, as well. They have a little handheld uh, saw that really comes in handy uh, when you're getting ready to, uh, to, to chop up wood and that sort of thing. So go to Steel Dealers and uh, you're going to be glad you did. Clean up that property. Get it ready for the winter. S-T-I-H-L, steeldealers.com. I saw on the 29th, it was National Coffee Day. Now, I, I can't keep up with all the national days. I know this much. I know a good cup of coffee. And I know that I get my good cup of coffee from Boyers. They've been brewed in Colorado since 1965. It is a great, smooth, rich cup of coffee. And they have a number of different flavors. And the easiest way to check them out is to go to boyerscoffee.com. That's boyerscoffee.com. You'll see all the flavors, all the different products they have. And if you want to save yourself a trip to your local grocery store, just order online and they'll deliver it very rapidly to your front door. I'm a carrot guy, so I like the uh, the one cup deals. Um, that's the ones I get. Um, but they have um, great product. And because it's national, um, coffee day of the year or whatever the heck that is they have specials going all week long in fact if you go to them on a regular basis they always have specials um, on all kinds of different products so do yourself a favor get yourself the best cup of coffee you can get in the rocky mountains it's boyer's coffee and find them at boyerscoffee.com this ball hammer deep center field take a good look you won't see it for long You hope it's not the last one in purple at Coors Field for Trevor. But that one, if it was, was that a majestic flight. This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast, Drew's interview with Trevor Story and a candid conversation about his upcoming free agency. Where do the Rockies fall in that? Is it a foregone conclusion that it's going to be a change of scenery? I would say that. We're not counting anybody out. You know, I can say that for sure. Plus, Trevor shares some of his favorite memories in Colorado and has a message for you, the Rockies fans. All coming up on the Drew Goodman Podcast. Welcome in. It's podcast number 116. Appreciate you as always. And a quick reminder that you can uh, catch me once a week on the DNVR Rockies podcast. And Less importantly that you catch me, but more importantly that you catch them because they do it every day. That's Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman. They cover the Rockies like no one else on a day-to-day basis. So uh, subscribe and download their podcast. 
and get some of the other ones at DNVR because they cover all the teams in town exceptionally well. That's the DNVR Rockies podcast. All right, this is going to be an interesting one, and I, and I know that uh, many of you have been waiting to hear from from Trevor Story, and you're going to hear him uh, in a short while. And uh, I will tell you that he uh, was very candid in this uh, interview. Uh, I will also tell you that I'm a big fan and always have been of Trevor, more so as a person than as a player. And we know what a great player he is, but uh, he is a, a kid who truly has great humility. We'll get to that interview in a little bit, but I want to kind of uh, review the week and peek ahead. Last weekend was Larry Walker weekend. And uh, I hope you had an opportunity to get out to the ballpark. If you didn't, hopefully you caught our coverage on AT&T uh, Sportsnet. It, it, was a, it was a great weekend, particularly Saturday when his number was retired and you got to hear um, from Larry. You also got to hear from you know former teammate Vinny Castillo. You got to hear from his uh, the general manager that brought him here, Bob Gebhardt. It's always good to see Geb as well. I told Larry this when he, uh, I've told him a couple times, once uh, right after his induction uh, speech in Cooperstown, and then I told him uh, on the field, and again when he came on the air with us uh, in the middle innings that night. He gets so nervous about having to deliver a speech. It's, you know, that's not in his wheelhouse. What's his wheelhouse is sitting on a 95 mile an hour fastball in front of, you know, 45,000 fans. He's not nervous at all doing that. That's his comfort area. But speaking to thousands of people is not, and it wouldn't be for a lot of people. But just like he did when he was in the batter's box facing some 95 mile an hour heat, he hit it out of the ballpark. He was great in Cooperstown in his induction speech. Great mix of uh, of humility. We were just talking about that with Story. And a great mix of humor, which is Larry. He does not truly take himself too seriously. You saw that again. Oh, by the way, see SpongeBob for that, uh, uh, if you want clarification, uh, that he doesn't take himself too seriously. Uh, but uh, you saw it again on Saturday night. And honest to goodness, Larry Larry wrote that himself. You you. I thought a, a professional speechwriter wrote it. He said, when you go to Cooperstown, I don't want you to look at my plaque and see me. I want you to see you. Because it's all about the fans and the support and, and how that helped motivate him. Uh, and it was a great tribute to Rocky's fans. And it was heartfelt. So again, he hit it out of the park, and it was a special weekend. I know at the end of the uh, at the end of the day, and the season's going to end this weekend. The Rockies came up short, better than most people had projected. Uh, so there's that for what that's worth. But you've heard me many times say on the air, it's not about uh, moral victories, and I'm going to mention that a little bit later on in the podcast when we talk football. And it's not about um, outdoing the prognosticators. It's about winning. And so this was not a winning season for the Rockies, yet there are winning moments within a season. And one of the winning moments was off the field and that celebration of Larry Walker and the celebration of watching him have his number retired. It was great stuff. Um, I, I think it made all of you, you know, proud to have, uh, you know, an association uh, with the Rockies and have had 
some great players go through this town and perform at the highest level. And uh, again, it was it was interesting to watch Larry, and it was special, and it was unforgettable. And that's one of the reasons we all enjoy and love sports. Juan Soto and the Nationals were in town. This is a quick aside. Um, Juan Soto is a freak show. Saw him uh, a couple weeks ago when the Rockies played in Washington. You follow him from afar. He has an on-base percentage in the second half above 500. Above 500. He has a slugging percentage way, way over 600, and his, his OPS is over 1,200 in the second half of the season. This kid is 22 years of age. So who are the comps? The only comp you can think of legitimately is Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds was on base, and this was later in his career, and he was great throughout his career, you know, PEDs aside. He was great, great, great. That's what this kid is. He takes his walks. He has the best eye in baseball. It's not even close. And then if you throw it in the zone, he crushes it. He is the new version of Barry Bonds. And we always say let, let a career unfold. And we see guys who have Hall of Fame talent on occasion. This kid not only has Hall of Fame talent, he's playing at a Hall of Fame level at 22 years of age. Again, why we love sports, why we love the game of baseball. It's a treat to watch uh, someone like that play. Going back to the Rockies of the, of the second to final week, of the season. They played LA and San Francisco. And the games were a lot of fun until the Rockies had to watch the other team shake hands five out of six nights. The Rockies were 10 and 28 against those two teams named the Dodgers and Giants. And it gave you an idea of how far they need to go. What's interesting and what you may not know is if you take the 10 and 28 record away, against the two best teams in baseball, San Francisco and L.A., the Rockies are actually above 500. So why is L.A. better? Why is San Francisco better? Well, short list. I'm, I'm going to make it you know, quick and easy. Offensively, going back to what we watch Juan Soto do individually, they have a lineup full of guys that do not chase, swing at strikes, take their walks, they have talented guys, too. So when the ball is over the plate, I mean, they have guys that can do damage. I understand that. But that's the biggest difference offensively from where the Rockies aspire to be. And the other aspect for me, and yes, the Dodgers have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to starting pitching. Less so for San Francisco. They have some good ones. Gosman, who's a Grandview kid, you know, is really, really good. But beyond that, it's bullpens, and it's their ability um, not just to have great stuff, but to throw strikes. The Rockies have some guys down in their bullpen that have really good stuff. They're just not, by and large, consistent enough strike throwers. Those were the two glaring errors when I had to say, all right, what separates the Rockies from the Dodgers and what separates the Rockies from the Giants? Those are the two most glaring areas. And Hopefully in the offseason, they can narrow that gap, hopefully somewhat significantly. We shall see, as we're fond of saying here. Uh, but, but those are the two areas. Everyone else, you know, the Rockies are competitive with. 
They're not yet with the Giants and Dodgers on a day-in and day-out basis. But overall, it was a fun week to watch high-level baseball, high-intensity baseball. One quick uh, note on the Rockies and uh, some of those bullpen guys. I've been impressed with three guys down the stretch. Tyler Kinley's thrown the ball really well. He's thrown a lot more strikes. He has nasty stuff. He has, he has stuff that you say, yeah, that would fit in a giant bullpen or a Dodger bullpen. And now, at least over the last half a dozen weeks, he's throwing a ton of strikes. So there isn't a multitude of walks and, and creating traffic. Another guy I want to give a shout out to was out a good portion of the year, but this was a, a wise rule five selection by the Rockies out of the Dodgers organization. That's Jordan Sheffield. Jordan Sheffield's not afraid. And he's got good stuff, you know, upper 90s fastball. And Buddy, the last week or so, has used him in some critical areas, kind of see what he's made of. And he has stepped forward. So I'm excited about Jordan Sheffield being a part of the solution in the bullpen uh, next year. That's been good to see. Also, Lucas Gilbreth. You know, you're fond of him because he's a local kid, Legacy High School originally, University of Minnesota. You know, started slowly, but... His confidence um, ha- has grown considerably, and I think it's you know 17 of his last 18, something like that, uh, unscored upon. So that's been a good story down in the Rockies' pen as well. All right, now to I think the uh, the part of the show that you've really been looking forward to, and that's and that's Trevor's story. And uh, I think you're going to find Trevor to be candid, reflective honest, and uncertain about what the near future holds. So without further ado, our Ideal Home Loans Interview of the Week, the Rockies shortstop over the last half dozen years, Trevor Story. How's the body holding up? Uh, doing pretty good, you know, <clears throat> all things considered. You know, late September, um, you know, I don't think anyone's 100% right now, and um, but no, I feel good. Body feels good. Um, I like the way my body's responded, um, you know, lately. So it's so good. Yeah. We talked a lot uh, off air about about the arm. You had to spend a little time uh, watching, which I know you hate to do. Uh, does it feel better now, perhaps, than it, than it did earlier? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> um, you know, I think that's just kind of uh, the progression that kind of happens, you know, when uh, – you know, a little, a little ding injury like that happens. And, you know, I think, you know, you just kind of work your way back to, to being full strength. And, um, you know, I think that's where I'm at now. So I'm, I'm happy to say that's where I'm at. Yeah, I would think uh, rest will help it uh, immensely. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, rest and, um, you know, just kind of uh, fine-tuning my arm care program to, um, you know, as I, uh, you know, get these years under my belt I think you know you look for things to kind of fine-tune in your preparation or, or whatever it may be and um, that's that's kind of where we're at you know it's interesting you grow up you play the game because you love the game and you were fortunate through hard work and talent that you could play at the highest level and and excel at the highest level and it's probably even though the game can tear you apart it's always been joyous has this year, because the business side has entered into it, taken some of that joy away? <clears throat> um, maybe, yeah. I think it's fair to say. Um, you, you know, like you said, you know, you kind of come up and, you know, you just want to play ball and, 
and you're having fun doing that and um, I guess you know later on you know in your career you kind of realize the uh, you know the business side of it and some of the things that happen and you know, there's, you know, that's part of being a professional, though. You have to deal with those things. And so, yeah, I think it's fair to say, it, you know, it kind of robbed me of some joy this year. But, you know, I wouldn't – I don't want to put any blame on that or anything like that. You know, it, at the end of the day, it's up to me when, it, you know, it's time to play and to perform. And, you know, the numbers didn't uh, – they don't really represent uh, that this year of, you know, what I felt like I've done in the past. And, um, but, you know, I think each year you learn something new. And, um you know, I'm really, uh, you know, looking forward to kind of reflecting in the offseason and going to, uh, you know, kind of uh, see where I'm going to grow. So much of the conversation, not only locally but nationally, because of who you are, has surrounded the free agency and the questions and the assumptions. Do you honestly know what will transpire or have any feel for what will transpire? Um, no, I really don't. You know, it's so... Uh, Free agency, you know, is so crazy. <laughs> I think, you know, just from talking to people and seeing how it's gone the past few years, um, it's really hard to kind of know what to expect, I think. And um, so that's really kind of the, the outlook that I'm taking on, you know, going into this offseason. Um, I'm trying to, uh, you know, just take it day by day and really not trying to forecast um, anything, whether you know, whether it's what teams or what time, you know, what time in the off season something's going to happen. So I'm trying to trying to really just go day by day. I know that's really cliche, but um, I think that's truly the way that um, for me is going to work the best way. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how, how it all comes about. Whether it's on paper or, or maybe just in your mind or discussions with your wife, with, with your folks, do you have a, 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 a priority list, if you will, say, hey, this is number one in terms of maybe it's geography or maybe it's the competitiveness historically of the team or, or maybe, hey, listen, it's a business. Maybe it's the, the, the dollar figures offered. Do you have that list? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, it's all those things certainly come into play, you know. Um, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, I think for me, you know, I really, I really value uh, winning. You know, and I think that's something that's, you know, I've gotten a taste of it here, and it's something that, you know, once you once you taste that, man, it's it's a different beast, and it kind of just drives you to do everything that you can to be on a winning team. And um, so, surely, you know, I can't sit here and say that, uh, you know, winning is the the only thing that matters you know um you know I, I think it is to me in a certain sense but you know there's a you know a duty to to kind of uh, you know do this thing for the players to come after you and um to you know like like the players that I have before me and, and to help uh you know advance the shortstop market and help you know do do those things for the for the, the guys who are going to be coming next and um there's a duty there too and but like I said you know winning is winning is certainly at the top of the list for me there you know I, I know it's been written and a lot of things that are written are not always accurate and you have also stated you don't know just as you did a moment ago you don't fully know how this whole thing is going to play out but you do in your mind have an idea of of what your priorities are 
Where do the Rockies fall in that? Is it a foregone conclusion that it's going to be a change of scenery? Um, I don't know. You know, it's, it's kind of tough to sit here and say that right now. Um, I would say that we're not counting anybody out. You know, I can say that for sure. Um, and that's, you know, I think that's that's true. And so, you know, there's things, you know, certain things have happened for sure. But, um, you know, like, like we've said, it's a business and there's things that you deal with. And, um, you know, you try not to, to have hard feelings or anything like that or, you know, get sensitive about anything. And, um, yeah, that's going to be our goal. So, um, you know, it's, it's hard to sit here and say that right now. And um, I think, you know, we can kind of get a better picture of that once, you know, we kind of see how this, this offseason and the, and the landscape of the free agency is going. And um, then I think, you know, I can better answer that down, down the road. Are the Rockies at a better position, perhaps, than many had prognosticated uh, after Nolan left and, you know, people had predicted doom and gloom? Now, the bottom line is going to the postseason, as you guys did in 17 and 18. So I'm not here to suggest why this has been a great year, because you guys are below 500. You know where you are. Uh, But you also can find optimism when you look at the rotation, when you look at... You know, the guy playing next to you and Rodgers, Elias Diaz. Uh, how, how do you view the Rockies here at, at the conclusion of the season versus perhaps how you viewed them in spring training? Yeah, I think, um, you know, certainly better off than a lot of people kind of pegged us to be at the beginning. Um, you know, obviously, you know, losing Nolan was tough. And, um, you know, you always want to have the best players on your team, but... Um, you know, I think with the growth of, you know, the young guys, like you said, like Rodgers and, you know, Diaz doing his thing and, you know, being really an offensive and defensive catcher. And uh, you see the defense and, you know, that Mac has put up is pretty amazing. And, um, you know, some growth in the outfield too, I think. So um, there's, there's optimism for sure, I think. And, uh, you know, as long as, you know, the starters here are, have done their thing, you know, and um, obviously we can all get better, but I think, I think you know, Rockies fans have have some optimism, you know, and there's obviously things that need to be done and changes that need to be made. Um, you know, hard to really pinpoint where that's going to be, but um, yeah, I don't think um, that it's that far off. More with Trevor's story in a moment, but first this for Ideal Home Loans. If you're in the market for a new home, if you're looking to refinance still because you fell behind and you didn't get it done, give Ideal Home Loans a call at 303-867-7000. It's never too late. It's also never too late to get a second opinion on where you are with your rate, what product you're in, or perhaps you have, I tell you people this all the time, maybe you have some remodel uh, ideas and, and you're trying to figure out ways to finance. Give them a call and I guarantee you they're going to be able to assist you. 303-867-7000. Brent Ivinson's team has been in business for more than 20 years in our state, also down in Arizona. Uh, they get the job done. They do it efficiently. They take wonderful care of you. They're going to answer all of your questions. Uh, you're going to be glad that you went with Brent and his uh, and his team. It's Ideal Home Loans, 303-867-7000, 303-867-7000. 
I think it's safe to say divorce is not fun. Difficult time, emotional time, uncertain time. Been there. You need guidance. You need counsel. You need accurate information and great professionalism and understanding. And you'll find it without question at one of the top family law firms in the region in Cox, Baker and Page. That's Cox, Baker and Page. They've been recognized in a number of publications for their excellent work in the area of family law. They're compassionate and thorough in guiding you through a tumultuous period. Their work has been routinely recognized for its excellence. U.S. News and World Report, for instance, consistently award Laura Page and Mary Cox best lawyer distinctions. If you or someone you know is looking for counsel, reach them at coxbakerandpage.com. That's coxbakerandpage.com. Mention you heard it from me and receive a discount on your initial consultation. Now more with Trevor Story. Who are your biggest influences in the game? Who, who, do you, who are your go-to guys to talk to? Yeah, I would say coming up, you know, I would say it was... Tulo, you know, he helped me a lot. He really taught me a lot about how to be a pro and how to go about your business. And, you know, kind of once I became teammates with Nolan, um, he took that over for me. And, uh, you know, he's still kind of that guy for me. Um, Nolan's, you know, one of my best friends. And we, you know, I think we have a special bond where even though we're not on the same team, we, you know, we, we still keep up with each other and, um, you know, text back and forth but um, you know guys like that and uh, I think Chuck has had a lot a lot to do with it too and um, you know he's just such a great teammate man and the way he thinks about the game is a little different and um, that's good for me and it's helped me be more of a cerebral player and um, so I'd say those two guys have had the biggest influence on me. When you look at this week and there's, as you and I chat today, there's three games left at home. Is it impossible not to get sentimental, understanding that there is a possibility, and only you know how distinct that possibility is, that you won't wear a purple uniform that year? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, it's certainly a, you know a possibility that you know we've come to realize, and it's uh, something I'm you know. I'm going to take it in for sure. Just, uh, you know, I've had a great time here. You know, my I have so many great friends and family here. And, um, so I want to, you know, I want to relish in that. You know, if it is my last game here. So, um, you know, the last series here, which is kind of crazy to, to think about. But, um, yeah, it's something that, you know, I think will be kind of sentimental there that last game for sure. But, um I'm going to try to stay as locked in as I can and you know, just keep it about the game. Yeah. For me, so I can't walk in your shoes, it seems like 10 minutes ago I was watching you hit two homers uh, in your first game as a big leaguer down in Arizona. Does it seem like 10 minutes ago for you? <laughs> no, it seems much longer than that. <laughs> uh, but no, we'll never forget that, you know, the beginning. And um, kind of crazy, you know, you know, we'll be finishing in Arizona. And uh, you know, kind of where it all started, and um, you know, something to, that is going to bring up more memories there too. So, um, but yeah, it's. I feel like you know, it's, there's times where I feel like it's flown by, and then there's times where it's, you know, it's felt felt pretty long and and fun. But um, yeah, it's uh, 
my time here has been very special to me and um, looking to, to do it the right way, you know, these last few games. Yeah. You have other great memories, I'm sure a ton of great memories, but, but when you do, you know, sit back and, and have a moment to reflect, what jumps out the most at you? Um, you know, off the top of my mind, 17 and 18, just, you know, those playoff years, um, were just so special to, to me and I think to all the, the players too that we had. And, um, you know, winning the wild card game in Wrigley was super special. Playing 163, you know, at LA and then just that crazy, um, you know, three, four days it was. That, that's something I'll always remember and, um, you know, other, you know, personal moments like Nolan, you know, walk off cycle. That was incredible. You know, I, I remember just getting goosebumps watching that and, um, you know, playing with Cargo. He's you know, probably my favorite teammate of all time. And um, just they're, the friendships that we kind of made here and that are going to last a lifetime are, are, I think, what I'll take the most. And um, obviously, we've had some great, great times on the field, and that's what makes it, you know, even more fun. And, um, but certainly the winning times here is what I'll remember. And, um, you know, starting off the way I did, I think, too, is, is something that was pretty special to me. Yeah, I, I know you don't get into personal accolades, but um, in addition to those two homers against Granke, um, is there another personal moment that you go, you know what, that was really cool? Um, yeah, I think, you know, when I made that first All-Star game, um, I remember a buddy told me, and I was just, you know, I feel like I worked my ass off to, to do that. Um, yeah, that's, that's a goal of mine every year, and to, to realize it for the first time was pretty special, and to, to be able to hit a home run in that game, too, was, you know, something that I'll never forget, and that, that's up there at the top of the list, you know, along with um, the three-homer game. and um, You know, I think one of the games that kind of sticks out the most was um, at home against the Orioles, uh, I think Nolan hit two homers and I hit two homers, and um, you know, that was 100 and 101 for me. And uh, I don't know, for, to, to do it like that with Nolan, I think was was you know couldn't have loaded up any better for me. So you know, I like talking about that, but that those are those are probably some of the, the few moments in the three home run game too. As well. Hey, you earned that, man. You did it. It's okay if you did it. Ain't bragging. Got a message for the fans? If it is, yeah, um, you know, just so thankful to them for, you know, like I've said since I've been here, they treated me and my family as their own, you know, just like family. Um, this is a special city, man, and I, all I want for them is to have a winning club and, um, you know, a consistently winning club. And, and I think that's that's something that, you know, we, we did for a little bit, and, you know, I just want them to know that, you know, we tried our best. We, we did, we did, you know, there was no stone left unturned. We're, you know, we're doing every single little thing to to win games out there. And that's that's what I want them to know. And um, that, you know, we live to win. And, and it's, I want them to know how special my time here was. And, you know, if it is my last game, we don't know. But um, just the, the love for them is pretty special. And, um, yeah, I just want to thank them. 
Yeah, I, you know it's reciprocated, and on a personal level, I always appreciate your time, man. I, I hope you're back selfishly. Um, if not, uh, you know I'll always root for you, man, and I appreciate uh, everything you've been so far. For sure. Thanks, Drew. I appreciate you. you betcha. As I said earlier, I am very fond of Trevor's story. He was raised right. He is truly a humble kid. He's truly a, uh, as hardworking an athlete as you will find. And there's a lot of them out there. There really are. I think probably more so now than, than ever before in sports. I mean, it's 365 days uh, a year, 24-7. Everything you put in your body, uh, everything you do uh, is tied to your performance. And, and Trevor personifies that. I had an interesting conversation with Josh Bell uh, of the Washington Nationals, formerly of the Pittsburgh Pirates, who knows Trevor well because they played travel ball uh, in the Dallas area growing up, and, and they both almost went to LSU together. And uh, Josh Bell's a great young man, and, and he thinks the world of Trevor. And he said he was, we'd go to tournaments, and they had an elite team. They had uh, three future big leaguers on that team. Um, and he said we'd go places, and we always knew as soon as we walked in, that we'd had the best shortstop and we had the best closer because he'd get on the mound and throw 95 uh, to close out a ball game late. He always had the same work ethic. He was freakishly strong. He was freakishly athletic. Um, I don't know what will happen. Trevor, as he said, does not know what will happen. My gut tells me he's going to be playing somewhere else next year. Um, he stressed winning as being important. Um, I will point out that it's hard to consistently make the postseason in baseball. The Yankees seem to do it. We know the Dodgers seem to be doing it, uh, certainly over the last uh, decade. The Rockies now have been there two of the last, what is it, five years, uh, 40% of the time. Honestly, if they can sustain that, that's not bad. That's truly not bad. You don't want it to be the wild swings of they win 90 you know, two one year and then they, they win 72 the next year. You don't want those kind of wild swings. Um, I understand that. I think for any athlete, especially in baseball, when they have a, a high level of success, they know that typically they're going to have one opportunity to hit the mother load financially and potentially select where they want to play. And that is where Trevor Story finds himself. And it's overwhelming. I, I think you can hear that in his voice. I can tell you that I've seen that from him. I think it's a large factor as to why he did not have the kind of year we've seen him have uh, through the first part of his career. The average down, the power down, um, the errors up. Uh, he's human, man. And it, and it played a large role, even though he will never, as you heard, use that uh, as an excuse. My gut tells me, as I said, that he probably is going to take advantage of this one opportunity and, and see what else is out there. And that's part of the business of sports. Um, if, in fact, that's what comes to pass, I'll miss, just like you, seeing him play every day, uh, visiting with him on a, on a daily basis because he's a great young man. And he is uh, fabulous to watch. It's the shitty part of sports, just as we talked about ad nauseum throughout the winter months into the first part of the spring when Nolan was sent to St. Louis. 
We'll continue this conversation naturally on future uh, episodes as we learn more. I will also add to this that I talked to Mike Rizzo for a while the other day. Mike Rizzo, one of the longest tenured general managers in baseball, the longtime uh, governor, if you will, of the Washington Nationals. They won a, a world championship a couple of years ago, and then he, he got rid of a lot of his big-name players, and, and they're kind of redoing things in Washington. They're going to build around, naturally, uh, Juan Soto. But Max Scherzer's in L.A., as you know, Trey Turner's now in L.A. They made a number of moves. And I asked Mike if he had a feel for what this winter will be like from a market standpoint. And he said, I have no idea. And we chatted about that for a couple minutes. This is a guy who is exceptionally and rightfully so well thought of in the business. I mean, this is what he does on a day-to-day basis. And he has no feel right now for what free agency is going to look like because it's all tied into the CBA. It's tied into coming out of the pandemic. So again... To sit here and say, yep, Trevor Story's going to end up here, or Trevor Story's going to get X, and it's going to be over six years, and it's going to be in this city, that's bogus, that's BS, no one knows. Because if Mike Rizzo not only isn't sure, but has it really has no idea where the industry is going to go in the next six months, then, then you know, Joe Podcaster or Billy Bob writing an article or me has no idea truly how it will shake out. On to football very quickly. The Broncos are 3-0, as they should be, as we uh, tape this on a Wednesday morning. I said last week that they should be 2-0, and they are. They're taking care of business. It was great to see them back home. Uh, They get and have through the years one of the, they have one of the great home field advantages in, in football, not only playing at altitude but with the ravenous fan base that all of you um, provide. So they played like they hadn't been home all season um, in a blowout victory against a terrible team in the Jets. But again, you, you play who's on your schedule. Next up, the Ravens. Much better team, much better test. The great Lamar Jackson will come to town. I like the Broncos to win this game also. I know they have a lot of injuries. Baltimore's had a lot of injuries. I think the Broncos' safeties are really special. I think tackling in space against maybe the best open field runner, strange to say that it's a quarterback in all of football, is going to be of grand importance this week. But I see the Broncos getting it done. I think they will be aided by a turnover or two from Baltimore. Uh, Sometimes Lamar Jackson, because of his greatness and his uh, ability to keep plays alive, um, and get extra yardage making people miss. Sometimes there's an interception in there. Sometimes the ball gets put on the ground. I think the Broncos will take advantage of that. So I, it's shocking to say I see the Broncos going to 4-0 and because a lot of people uh, didn't project that, probably me included, uh, a month ago. Local college uh, football team, CU, more of the same. Almost zero offense taking on Arizona State. I don't, I don't know what to say there, but I know they're playing a lot of young players. I get that. But it's got to be better than what we've seen offensively. has to be. Colorado State shocked many with a, a third-quarter lead in Iowa City against a top-five opponent in the Iowa Hawkeyes. 
but um, they too are extremely limited offensively and ultimately a turnover uh, did them in. They couldn't do enough to overcome uh, Iowa and they lose 24-14. Valiant effort, moral victory. God, I hate that phrase. So that's what they got, but uh, as you know, I'm uh, I'm not into that. They're certainly better talking about the Rams than they were earlier this season, but um, as uh, my favorite NFL coach of all time, Bill Parcells, used to say, you are what the record says you are. And for Colorado State, they're one and three. For the University of Colorado, they're one and three. And you know what? For the Denver Broncos, as we tape, they're three and oh. You are what the record says you are. One of the great sports truisms. Big thanks again to Trevor Story. Reminder again to catch the DNVR boys, Patrick uh, Lyons and Drew Creaseman. And um, we'll do it again next week. Have a great uh, interview coming up down the road with uh, Albert Pujols that you're going to want to hear. Uh, we'll get to that uh, in the not-too-distant future. Um, we'll, we'll kind of summate the Rocky season next week. But uh, as always, we appreciate you listening in. We appreciate uh, you guys telling your friends uh, about what we do here on our little podcast. Take care. Enjoy. Stay safe. Stay well. Talk to you in a week, everyone. Peace.